You're listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang, founder of Moxie Club. When you're looking for lasting weight loss, join us here for the mindset you need, a dash of inspiration, and stories that will bring it all to life. Episode number 83. Well, hey there, Amy here. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Happy and Healthy Podcast. So can I just say that my sister cracks me up? Last week on Facebook, I made a post to let folks know about last week's podcast on building resilience, right? And I talked about how when you think about the stress response as working for you and trigger the challenge response, right? You're actually more likely to build resilience, connection, and a more meaningful life. To which my sister then commented, I must be building resilience every day. (laughs) So the last few episodes, I've been talking about stress. In episode 81, I talked about when stress is a good thing. Now, Obviously, stress is used to describe a wide range of experiences that we have in our life, right? From the day-to-day stress, like getting stuck in traffic or work deadlines, or even just watching the evening news, to the big ones, like when you have to give an important presentation or preparing for an exam, like the boards or the CPA exam, right? going through a divorce, dealing with a health crisis, or grieving after the death of a loved one. So stress occurs when something we care about, something that matters to us, is at stake. And then this triggers the stress response. So the stress response I'm talking about that I'm going to focus on is really psychological stress. I'm not talking about physical stress like being in a car accident or running from a bear or things like lack of sleep and dehydration or being malnourished. It is a very common belief that chronic stress is bad for the human body, right? You remember when the pandemic first set in, how many interviews there were with mental health professionals talking about focusing on what you can control. And I am all for that. Okay, don't get me wrong. I do believe that that kind of chronic stress that is based on the threat response is actually something we want to minimize. So when you look at the number of books and articles written on the topic and even the American Psychological Association's survey, right, that talked about how stress levels were so much higher in 2020 during the pandemic than, say, the year before in 2019, and especially for parents who had kids in school. But what I want us to focus on now is actually some of the more recent studies. And the research is clear that the stress response is more nuanced. And I talked about this in the last podcast, number 82, on building resilience, right? So we have been focused on 
the threat response and what it does to the human body. But we've been ignoring, well, and not everyone, but a lot of folks have been ignoring the kind of stress response that's called the challenge response. And this is one that actually does the body good. Okay, it helps us tap into the energy, the courage, and the resourcefulness within us. And as a result of what happens with the challenge response, we get to learn and grow from the experience, right? And it reinforces the belief we have that we can handle what comes our way. So, With all of this, I want to make sure that you are aware of my upcoming training, the Building Resilience Workshop. So by the end of this workshop, you'll walk away with the strategies and tools you need to trigger that challenge response we look for, right? So that you can harness stress and rise up to meet the challenges that make life interesting and meaningful. And of course, I also want you to be able to avoid effects of prolonged exposure to the threat response, that chronic stress that we all do want to keep to a minimum, right? So that's the one that leads to feelings of anxiety, right? That you're on your own and isolated, maybe feeling lost and overwhelmed. And then all the negative health consequences, like an immune system that doesn't work as well, high blood pressure, cardiovascular disease, and even type 2 diabetes. So this training, this workshop is taking place on Wednesday, September 1st from 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific time. Okay, so in the last episode, number 82, again, I talked about building resilience. And if you're looking for that working definition. After the Boston Marathon bombing in 2013, you probably saw the hashtag Boston Strong. That was all about resilience. So it's that belief that with effort, you can overcome challenges. And with that belief, you become bolder and more persistent. So resilience isn't just about surviving. It's about actually thriving afterwards. Okay, so when you talk about something like the Boston Marathon bombing, this is a big stressor in life. And as Samantha Boardman, who's the author of Everyday Vitality, describes it, this would be big R resilience. So more of those major event stressors right? And then we have little r resilience. So what is little r resilience? That's the one you build in response to the daily grind. And what do I mean by that? Well, a good friend of mine recently described what her weekend, what her days look like. So it's very busy and it's filled with activities. And you have this sense of all these I have to do's. So she's got two kids. They're not that motivated on doing their homework, right? Her husband, work, and actually just this past weekend, her Mac 
computer wasn't working. None of the browsers like Chrome would launch and as a result, she couldn't get access to the internet. So she talked about how she was already frazzled, right? And feeling a bit overwhelmed. Didn't feel like she was getting a lot of help from her husband. And when you feel that way, you're kind of running on empty, right? Well, the time for her Genius Bar appointment to fix the Mac computer was coming up. And she put it in the car and... As she was driving down her block, she could hear it kind of moving around. So she actually pulled over to stop and secure the computer. Well, again, she was kind of frazzled already, right? So she wasn't really thinking through what it meant when she heard her Mac moving around. And as she opened the car door... What ended up happening? Well, the computer actually fell out of the car and cracked the screen. So when she actually walked into the Genius Bar, they were <laughs> they were thinking that she was in for the cracked screen. And she wasn't, right? She she They did actually get her Mac working, and now it has a cracked screen. So for those of you who listen to this and can totally relate, that can be a pretty typical day. That's what stress looks like for you. So today, what I want to talk about is building that little R resilience, okay? And the mistake we tend to make that leads to this kind of stress is that we make our days about prioritizing what's on our schedule and letting that schedule run our lives. So when it comes to that little R resilience, what we need to do is make sure that we are taking care of our need for autonomy, competence, and connection. So when we let the schedule drive us, right, it's really easy to fall into the I have to trap where there's no autonomy, right? I have to go to work. I have to go to that genius bar appointment. And we get spread too thin where we can't do anything well, which then affects how we feel about our competence, which again is one of the three psychological needs. Right? And then let's say as a result of all this, you're exhausted and you opt out of social engagements, right? Dinner out with friends. So then what's happening is we're not meeting our need for connection. So when we let the schedule drive us, the essential ingredients for a fulfilling and meaningful life are missing. Or at least they're on the low side. So again, that's autonomy, competence, and connection that we're talking about. So when it comes to stress, we're not talking about the major stuff here, right? Where the expression, that which doesn't kill you, makes you stronger, right? That's not where it applies. This feels more like death by a thousand cuts. So instead of letting that schedule drive you. I'm going to quote Stephen Covey here. 
The key is not to prioritize what's on your schedule, but to schedule your priorities. So you've probably heard the story, right, about if you have a jar and you have to put rocks, pebbles, and sand in the jar, those rocks represent your priorities, right, your highest priorities, what's important to you. And then the pebbles, and then the sand is like all that urgent tactical stuff that needs to happen that winds up filling up our schedule. So if you add the sand first, right, there won't be room in the jar for the rocks. So if spending quality time with family and friends is important, where are they on your schedule? Do you get those on your schedule first, right? If you value learning and personal development, what activities are on your schedule for this? And if helping others and giving back is something you value or your health and fitness, where is that on your schedule? When we talk about making time for what's important, that's what this looks like, okay? So when you schedule your priorities, then it's much easier to shift from that feeling of you have to, to the more empowering phrase of, I choose to do this because it aligns with what's important to me, with my values. And it's not to say that life necessarily becomes less busy, but it's definitely easier to decide when to say no so that you're spending your precious time on what's important to you and what brings you joy. And you get to become a model of this kind of behavior for your kids and your colleagues. And if this isn't reason enough to work on little R resilience, (laughs) which obviously that's not the case, let me share with you some other benefits of triggering that challenge response. Remember, our brains were designed to be problem-solving machines. So when you trigger that challenge response and you learn a new skill, even little ones, what ends up happening is our brain also releases DHEA, dehydroepiandrosterone, which is a marker for emotional resilience and actually has a cortisol lowering effect. So again, when I talk about emotional or mental resilience, that's when we associate effort with the consequences, right? Where we believe that if we put in the effort, we'll be able to affect the desired outcome that we were looking for. And that also fuels our sense of confidence and self-efficacy, which is the belief in our ability to actually get something done. So when we look at resilience, There's also this concept of Velcro versus Teflon, where stuff either sticks to you. So if something happens that's irritating or frustrating, how long do you dwell on it? 
is venting enough, as opposed to having the ability to let it go, that Teflon, right, nonstick. So to build that mental resilience and the emotional resilience, that little R, it really is about letting something that maybe lasted less than a minute to fade away, to be able to forget about it so that it doesn't affect the rest of your day. Or to refer back to it weeks later. So the last thing I want to talk about with little r resilience today is the challenge response and the release of oxytocin. So the challenge response will also ultimately lead to the release of oxytocin. And that is that wonderful hormone, the cuddle hormone, that leads us to want to connect with others. So when it comes to stress, if you feel that desire to pull away and isolate, making a connection with someone who can really relate and empathize is a wonderful way to process the emotion and another resource you can tap into to help you solve a given problem. So to reinforce this last point, for those of you who have teenagers at home, I want to share with you a Facebook profile that you'll probably want to follow. And it's Teenager Pro Tips. And even if you don't have kids, trust me, you'll still get a chuckle out of reading the post. So here are a few examples of what you'll find to get you motivated to go follow. When the trash is full, put more trash on it. After drinking water from a cup, drink more water from a different cup. Open a few kitchen cabinets, then leave. Tidy your room by putting clean clothes in the wash. When you need something specific from the store, ask if you can stay in the car. Moments before it's time to go, yell, where's my shirt? When you hear dinner, immediately start a lengthy activity like taking a nap. The water you accidentally spilled makes the floor slippery. Quickly exit to safety. (laughs) So here's an example where through those stressful experiences, when we share, we find out we really aren't alone. So again, that Facebook profile is at Teenager Pro Tips. And one more time, for more details on the Building Resilience Workshop, you can just go to moxie-club.com slash harness, H-A-R-N-E-S-S, right? And whether we're talking about big R or little r, if you struggle with stress or emotional eating, this workshop will really help you see things in a new light. And it's not just insight that I'm going to be providing you with. 
It's literally changing how you think and then triggering a different set of emotions and actions. And it's ultimately those actions that lead to outcomes that become evidence for your brain that something's different, right? That are, that's moving you closer to your goals. So to wrap things up today, I'd like to share a quote with you from Wayne Dyer. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. You've been listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang. If you enjoyed today's episode, by all means, hit the subscribe button now. If you're ready to get started, visit my website, moxieclub.com. That's M-O-X-I-E hyphen C-L-U-B.com. And sign up for a free 20-minute coaching session with me. And remember, making your choices when you're in a state of abundance is where the magic happens.